welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for another episode of The Bear, the penultimate episode written, well, entitled The Review, written by Joanna Kahlo, directed by Christopher Storer. I really love this episode, despite how, how very chaotic and ugly it got because it was well shot i'm pretty sure this was like all a one shot if not all very much close to it and then you have i think what we've been suspecting is this undercurrent of violent emotion lingering with carmy in regards to a lot of under processed trauma and undigested emotions and feelings because we're seven episodes in and while we know the character a bit we don't really know we understand elements of him by his interactions with the people around him but we're we're still missing a lot of pieces to the backstory of of what makes him who he is and I think that exploring going back to that original opening shot of him and the caged bear I think we finally see that in this episode the the (laughs) you know the the bear coming out of its cage before we jump into the review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, go down to the radio section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share. If you want to send feedback, uh, I should be doing it tomorrow on the finale, blackercouch at gmail.com, where you can send feedback for any other shows that I do. So this episode starts with a... A radio introduction. Wake up, motherfucker! Wake your ass up, you motherfucker! It's time to go to work, bitch! It has been a while since I have done a commute, and even when I was commuting, I never listened to radio. I haven't listened to the radio in two decades. (laughs) Radio is always the montage, however, in movies with people going into work, but most of us just listen to podcasts or audiobooks. At least when you get all old you do. Glance over at the fucking tweens. Anywho, we get some of our favorite people coming into work. Ibrahim is practicing his improved English skills by reading a review about the urbanization of the neighborhood and in particular his visit to the beef which is a familiar staple for its sandwiches but is praised for its slightly updated menu and one particular elegant dish which is the risotto braised beef dish what did they kept saying it was ribbons of uh brine or something to that effect uh, that she served up which is news to Carmi who hears this 20 minutes till opening with Tina missing but Sydney covering for her 
while also having her own prep completed because that's the type of superstar she is. Sydney tries to get Ibrahim to shut the fuck up. He clearly was not seeing her or ignoring her, especially because uh, this review contradicts Carmi's opinion of her dish. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just needs to taste good. That is something I think people in the restaurant industry may forget. They're looking for that, that huge thing instead of going for you know a staple of the community as pointed out like they have delicious sandwiches and despite pretending to be fine clearly he is not okay whoa calm down jamal don't pull out the nine (laughs) he really used that ribbon of brian as a backhanded compliment with later richie also throwing it in her face followed up by that guy's a fucking hack anyway Whoa, that's like fucking mean. Everyone is congratulating her and she's thanking them. And here her mentor is the person she looks up to. Basically, she's showing him. Well, she didn't even show him. He hears about her getting a straight A on an, on a, on an assignment. And he's like, yeah, well, that's because the teacher doesn't know what they're talking about. And considering recently I had someone say that (laughs) Uh, in a very familiar type of conversation that shit is cruel so Sid for her part tries to explain that it was an accident but she clearly isn't keen to being dismissed in that fashion Tina then comes in with her son which was so random but okay she asks carmy to teach him how to cook because that will stop him from making bad decisions that is the stupidest stereotype i know it's out there in a lot of kitchens right but that is simply one aspect that's because when they're in prison they go to the kitchen (laughs) it's a familiar place for a lot of ex-convicts and one in which they can get they can get uh a job in and thus i don't know if it stops anyone as much as it (laughs) i'm not saying it hasn't i've watched chopped i've seen the episodes where clearly people have turned their lives around and didn't go a bad path because of their love of cooking however i don't i think it might be a band-aid solution for something that could have a, a bigger root cause plus it's just not going to be the only thing that stops you it's like oh yeah i'm cooking at this restaurant so i can't do blow when i'm like at home both sid and carmy are appalled as they are rolling out a new system but carmy in typical fashion dumps all heavy loads off on sydney's shoulders who sends him to fold some napkins being encouraged by tina that you taught me so you could teach my son instigator richie comes in with the article in his hand co-signing the incompetence of the critic once again demeaning said skills just as she is told by tina how valuable hers are while taking the moment to cause more tension by hinting at sydney 
having ulterior motives that she might have known that the guy was a critic like i don't believe that was an accident that's what she says it's what carmy says uh and of course everyone can hear you in this small ass kitchen this later backed up about undermining her authority when she tries to teach richie the new system and then he comes out amid his uh harassing of her and goes well you know it was sid's idea you know i just i just work here thus condemning her as the harbinger of change in richie's mind which is not how you support your your second uh, and leading to an ongoing <laughs> richie and sydney which this has been a long time coming to be quite frank now the one person i had very little sympathy for was fucking marcus you gotta be ashamed of yourself nigga. real talk you gotta be ashamed of yourself all as you is he was asked about the cakes he was warned he was already behind he should have put down the damn donuts sid in epic fashion breaks down to richie when he's like what the fuck is your problem like i don't have a problem you contribute jack shit to this business and you feel insecure around me because i happen to be bringing in business most people do that when they work because they want to get paid it's this thing called life it's what adults do and that your friends are not even paying customers they're cheap ones (laughs) buying one sandwich and sipping on water that's factual just people that's his bodies in the building that's not customers things go from bad to worse seriously though carmy needs to back her more with his cousin because richie really don't contribute as much being other than the cashier (laughs) and the cousin of the owner he could absolutely and utterly contribute a lot more even sweeps over there cooking sid desperately thinks she and carmy need to talk as they are not good and it's beginning to expand into their interactions with everyone else because usually she doesn't rise to the occasion with richie she just basically tells him to fuck off but carmy brushes her off avoidance of his emotions seems to be a a uh, recurring theme i can't grasp what his feelings are though that he would be in the wrong you know because while i mean, I, didn't, I don't know i guess I, I don't fully understand why he's this angry that the new fame would propel the the business more business than he thinks that they can handle but that's your that's what you're trying to do for the restaurant i mean <laughs> you should be working towards success not failure but i don't know i just can't figure out exactly where it's stemming from necessarily other than this is good for the restaurant and he doesn't necessarily want that be but you have to have credit or you have to have faith in your kitchen i mean that's that's just how it is you're never going to you can't tiptoe into the world i've never worked at a restaurant 
A lot of people say this show is very accurate to restaurant working. Uh, it feels like it from what I've seen on Chopped and Top Chef. <laughs> but that's my familiarity. I worked at Ponderosa and I barely remember as a waitress because I didn't work in the kitchen. So I didn't have to worry about all that stuff. And McDonald's and them really don't count. <laughs> Not really. I worked in a in a, a uh, it's not a diner a hospital kitchen but it was a lot more simplistic it wasn't like there was prep but it wasn't that big a deal it was like bacon <laughs> eggs oatmeal uh, back to the shitstorm we find ourselves in. Sid's kitchen credits plummeted in stock when the machine was left on overnight and now there is a ridiculous amount of orders. Carmi blows up, yelling at everyone to fire on all cylinders, even when there isn't anything else to fire later on. Fock walked in like, What the hell is going on? As dreadful as this all was, I did appreciate the moments of humor. Sid approaches Marcus about his lack of cakes. I didn't blame her. Like, what the fuck? And then she's even still trying to cover for him. He he just playing with his donuts. Sid, once again, tries to regroup with the tickets, but amid being yelled at about her dish not being ready and her saying what that has to do with anything right now, because it's very true. He's stuck on the review, not even on the current problem. And her general presence annoys him, so Carmi tells her to get the fuck off his station. Richie there, over there, is over there to rub salt in the wound. Even though she didn't say corner, that was accurate. You walked around, you walked right into him, you didn't say corner. That's because she's very flustered, I get that part. But to say you're a maniac and that it's your bullshit that fucked us today. Bitter over some idea. Over the fact that you can't, you're holding on to nostalgia. And it's not that I don't understand those people or moments. I've had them. I know I was harsh in my critique last episode about that. But at the same time, <laughs> you do you can't you you do have to get over that and um as you can see not doing so creates a lot of bitterness and paranoia and you start taking it out on other people um Akami is great for this place uh but sydney has been the rock in the face of many adversities i think that she is earned a little respect if not a lot of respect here uh carmy's been out dealing with his personal shit which is to be fair but our empathy for carmy should not allow us to ignore his flaws because i did did i mention this earlier that i listened to a podcast and someone yeah i think i did was shitting all over Sydney like she's a fucking bitch and she's just too the whole entire time she just tried came in and took over one why is it when a black woman is portrayed as competent uh accomplished and 
even demanding she's a bitch one what that that shows your insecurity as a man in general um secondly the amount of authority that Carmi himself has dumped on Sydney and has left in her lap that gives her the right to be a little bit more demanding like okay you want to demand as from me then I should be able to reciprocate that but even when she was heartbroken last episode all she wanted to do was give her dish to someone who liked it who appreciated it right in the face of disappointment when he shuts down her idea she didn't start making and firing off dishes all by herself and was like oh well i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do anyway he she respected his choice in that moment even if she disagreed with it so i i think that i did kind of wonder like what kind of what show we watching we watching the same same show because in no way at all did she deserve this ill treatment (laughs) and this was a lot of ill treatment on top of the ill treatment she's been getting from Richie all season and Carmi she's kind of brushed over a lot of her annoyances with him in the face of her admiration Tina tries to calm Sydney down, but telling her this is not like you to yell, but she's emotionally shaken and angry. By the way, the the men that stated that, or the man, well, it was actually two. They both were men of color. So I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but I did notice the other two was like, yeah, I don't want no part of this. <laughs> I don't see any anything wrong or I don't know how y'all got to that conclusion but you know the insecurities and that's the thing when you're looking into the lens of the main character you forget that other people don't know this person she has no idea that Carmi's dealing with this insecurity about the business and uh his idea of the competency level or where his mental state is or the fact that you know his sister knows that he's just putting all of his emotional trauma into this place he they don't she don't she don't know all that she has no idea this is her boss she's asked to do a job she wants to contribute she thinks she can make this place better they agreed on it i don't understand and she didn't understand in this moment why he was so angry with her i did laugh when richie said somebody get baby boy a fucking sharpie when he threw <laughs> the sharpie that wasn't working carmy continues to drop curse bombs and mentally deteriorate right before our eyes but because this i'm told is normal behavior in a kitchen and especially with really talented people which i still don't think is an excuse for it's why probably why i never worked in a kitchen why i could never work in a kitchen Verbal abuse is not something I think is good for my mental health. Tina tells them they're out of something I cannot pronounce and (laughs) dumps yet another thing on Sydney, not taking at all into account her lackluster response, which should have been an indication that maybe we need to step back. He, He had no, no wherewithal of his 
reaction on other people and his coaching of his own self in that moment. He should have said, you know what, let's talk. Let's figure this out. Let's delay opening because it was just kept counting down and that wasn't helping the situation. Clearly, we're in an emotional place that we need to get our feelings out. But nope, Carmi wants his Sharpie. <laughs> now yelling at Richie, tasking him with the same thing he told Sydney to do, causing yet another clash between the two when he literally said there's something or Richie said to Sydney, there's something broken in you and you are being ugly and mean. Oh, please, Jesus, let me kill this nigga. Sydney, absolutely done with Richie, drags his life for filth, pointing out that he is a loser and you're only mad at me because I see you for who you are. Your sister know it, your daughter know it, your mama know it, your cousin know it, everybody here know it. And considering how low he's gone by calling her a maniac earlier, he deserved it. So he gets in her face calling her a fucking bitch and asking why she being a fucking bitch. Like he don't know. And Sid's like with the knife in her hand, I'll show you a bitch. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Carmi yells at both of them to shut the fuck up. And it was at this moment, here come Marcus with his donut. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. After promptly being asked several times, and increasingly angrily so, Carmi asks if Marcus is fucking with him before his perfected donut goes sailing. And I don't at all feel bad for you, Marcus, when you toss down your donuts all sad. It's like, nah, you fucking just gave up on your job. And you had a talking to. And you sleep in there. What the fuck are you doing? Richie, Richie even at that moment tells his cousin, maybe you need to calm down. <laughs> Before backing up into Sydney's knife with Sydney in the background. You shouldn't have been talking shit. She had this little smile on her face when I paused. And he's like, oh my God, I've been fucking stabbed. i fucking been stabbed. <laughs> I also laugh when Carmi, even in his state of rage upon hearing his cousin got knife tells him he probably deserved it to which richie says yeah maybe abraham attends to his wound his ass wound mind you while recalling a horrific life in somalia marcus uh we already went over him tina's like uh one minute <laughs> Carmi's acting like nothing's happening being like we good chef 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 Sydney is staring there in a daze can't believing her can't believe her idol devolved into a monster right before her eyes before she concludes fuck this shit I quit I did love her I did love her uh her line when she left you are an excellent chef you are also a piece of shit <laughs> this isn't on me Carmen's like what are you doing what are you doing I'm leaving watch me walk out the door he tries don uh, Marcus's donut off the floor and upon realizing how fucking delicious it is destroys the station and my guess is they are not opening for business today it's like, I'm angry and even I can appreciate 
shit. <laughs> like his mind is clearly scattered all over the place. That review really threw him off. It just, I just don't know. I don't know if I grasp fully why it put him in such a, a, a tantrum. Um, the Marcus thing I understood, but I think they would have, even if they, they had struggled, I think she was trying to help. I think she knew she messed up. No one's saying that Sid didn't mess up, but at the same time, (laughs) as Carmi himself pointed out to Marcus, people make mistakes. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. And when it does, you know, while even the screaming, you know, the, it's the reaching into your soul and ripping it out. It's like, whoa, okay, come on. That's not necessary. (laughs) The only thing I will say, uh, I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. The only thing I will say is this would have been preferable in maybe episode six. Because I'm I'm just going to put it out there because they didn't know if they were going to get a season two. Then most likely Sydney ends up back in the kitchen by next episode. It doesn't feel like a very long time for that particular plot line to play out. It's not that big of a takeaway, but I would have liked to have seen how both tried to move on in their lives without for like, even if it's just a week or two (laughs) or a week, but I have a feeling that it's not going to be nearly as long. Uh, What else I wanted to, Oh, the only thing I wanted to address because I've been out there on Tumblr doing my, my retumbles. And I see there's some shippers out there for Carmi and Sydney. So my feelings is I've not addressed it at all because I don't feel there's anything to address. <laughs> I, I think where Carmi is right now, he's got, we haven't even touched, as I was mentioning at the top of the episode, we haven't really touched that much into who he is as a person or really the things that that unfolded for him as a person we just got his little bit of a backstory with his brother but i'm sure that can be especially if john berthanol's around you know (laughs) get his ass over here that could be fleshed out more we still have never met his mother clearly that's something uh the the cicero connection uh the the people that he met at his there's a lot of things we can unravel a lot for these characters that I don't think necessarily that shipping is necessary. I said necessary twice, but I don't think it's relevant at this point. I don't like Sydney is not a confident (laughs) other than that one moment. They're still strangers to each other. I think they have a lot of respect between them. Um, And you know, in certain lights, if I wanted to reflect on it, sure, I can see, um, I could see the, the fruits 
uh, ripening but i would like it to ripen like it would it wouldn't even be a consideration based on the way in which this first season unfolded for like another three seasons (laughs) which i want this show to have and at that point in time i'd be comfortable with those two even going into that direction but I think we need to know a lot more about who these two people are away from any type of romantic feelings. Uh, as stated, I think they're still in very much a mentor mentee and slowly evolving into a partnership. And, you know, whatever becomes of that in three seasons then you know as that gets stronger that make more sense but for right now um there's just so much more relevant things to mine with all the things that can happen just at the pair (laughs) and these are bite-sized episodes 30 minutes so that's also another caveat of you know, you can explore a lot more. You do not need to necessarily hop on board that. Um, they almost look like they was putting Marcus and Sydney together. But now the more I see them, the more I kind of am picking up a brotherly, sisterly thing. And I think that a foundation of a family first and then building up to anything possibly in the future even if it doesn't even need to happen too it could just be about family um this place being uh around that idea with cooking also having that familial bond now i'm just rambling because (laughs) clearly I have had too much. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast. If you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>